We are live. It is 3.04 Central Standard Time, 9.04 BST, or whatever summertime is in England. And it's 1.05 p.m. in Pacific Time Zone. The reason why I mention that is you are on the Nomad Tech Project with Sam and Joe. And if you're watching the show, which you probably aren't because nobody knows we're here yet, you see we have a very illustrious and awesome guest, and I couldn't think of any other human being to have on for our first show. It's Juan Carlos back now, a.k.a. some gadget guy. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you this afternoon? I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. It's a nice, chill Sunday afternoon here on the West Coast, and uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm honored to be your first. This is Absolutely. This is amazing. It's, it's, it's all downhill from here, guys. Right. So. That's right. And then I also, because... I'm oh, you're rocking the merch. Epco- of rocking course, because merch. not only is it appropriate, but it, it actually, I've actually had people stop me in the store and go, yeah, <laughs> they know. If you know, people you know, know what's up. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, we can be friends. Yeah, Single can, serving we, friendship. We can be pals. We can be cool. And other people are like, um, why is there a headphone jack on your shirt? That's oddly specific for a shirt. <laughs> and I go, yeah, just, I wish phones you had know. a headphone jack. What, that's all, that's that all there's to it. Then I walk by and then they see the back and they go, I still don't uh, get it. I'm like, eh, not that's fine. So, so, some people have taste and many people don't. Right. And can't that's s- fine. And it's okay, Juan. Just like I always say, you can't save everyone. So it's okay. So how are how are you doing? I know you just I know you just got I've been watching your channel. You got a Motorola finally. That's kind of interesting. If you want to chat I, about that, is, like, like how that been... happened so long since i've had the right. the joy of uh, using a premium tier moto um over the last couple of years I, I don't think i've been hands-on with an expensive moto since they had moto mods mm, this is yeah. like uh like going from <laughs> you know like mm. it's been a while um i went from pocket now to new egg and even on new egg when they were bringing out some of their newer phones we had moto on for a segment and they still brought moto mods to the table and you're like your newest phone doesn't actually use this stuff. You know that, right? And they're like, yeah, we just think they're still fun. And you're like, okay, I don't think anyone's going to go with us on this, but cool. I'm real glad this is what you brought to play with. That was a while ago. Um, I've been doing a little work with the Qualcomm, uh, the Snapdragon Insiders team. And uh, for, for my involvement, it was mostly hosting and consulting on audio stuff, uh, Snapdragon Sound, Aptex Adaptive. But they reached out and said, hey, hey do you want to play with one of these? They, they had seen some of my recent conversations on desktop modes and productivity. And they were like, we think this would be a good fit for you. And so they reached out and Qualcomm sent over. So thank you so much to the folks on Snapdragon Insiders. Uh, and so, yeah, so this is the Edge Plus, the 2022 Edge Plus. It's a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, 12 gigs of RAM. I've got the 256 gig model. I've already, I mean, I've been spending almost all my time just using Ready 4 because I'm such a yeah. nerd for desktop modes. And it's flipping phenomenal. Like, it's really good. So, I, again, I'm excited to spend a little time with it. And there are a lot of things here that I think folks who like that kind of medium, upper mid-range to premium tier... Uh, mm-hmm. In that in that window where you'd see like a Galaxy S22 Plus, there's a lot here that's competing really well against sort of our idea of what a flagship phone should be. Well, and the only really question I have for you is how does it feel in the hand? 
Oh, you know what's really interesting? I'm glad you brought rebar? that up, Sam. Because yeah, yeah. most phones have rebar. Is Have they come off of that I'm, now? With I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. This is probably the most important thing. I, I What I need is about seven minutes of B-roll, where <laughs> right. I'm just slowly panning the phone across like an empty field. I don't have much to say about it, but you're, no. I mean, because I don't, you're going to have that really pretty B-roll, shallow depth of field shot. It's very cinematic. Right. Um, but yes, I think Motorola has done something critically interesting here where the phone is not built out of shards of broken glass and, and uh, bent razor blades. Right. I, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've, if, you've, if you've had the pleasure of experiencing this, but it seems like Motorola engineers have designed a product which is intended to be used by evolved primates who have opposable thumbs. Well, that is just—I I mean, know, right? Blue, just, exactly, exactly. I, I saw that. Emoji, I was like, mind are you kidding blown. Me? Does that mean, like it, like literally, like let's fire? That's little fire right there. It is. It is straight fire. Right. Is so what that, Motorola. That's good. Is. I'm just, I, and I saw that, <laughs> and actually, I, I'm glad you. And I did see that you posted some. You started taking some camera, you know, some some stills with it and some of that. Yeah. That was always the issue. I had a, um, I had the original, uh, the Moto G Stylus 2021. I just picked one up for sure, local Best Buy, and that was the one thing that I love everything about this phone. But man, this camera is. Okay, yeah, so, it's real rough. So that's why I was curious. My my experience with Moto's cameras have been on the mid range and low end have been a little. Um, rough so i was gonna i was wondering how you felt about that yeah i um i did my first night of low light shooting um i had it side by side with the oh here it is the note 22 mm -hmm. so i'm wrapping up the note 22 i just have this as a loner because i try not to give samsung any money if i can help it right um i i uh i took them out and the hardware is fantastic um, what Motorola has moved over to with these new camera system, uh, camera sensors is very competitive. Again, against phones that are in this $700 to $1,000 tier, obviously a Note 22 MSRP takes us above 1000 and there are some differences there that we should be trying to consider for even more luxury premium phones. There are still some gremlins here. Um, one of the biggies is, is uh, there, there's an issue with the the current motorola camera app and trying to shoot 4k 60 frame per second video right the aspect ratios lock up mm. motorola okay. knows about it there, it's gonna there's gonna be a patch for it in a future update but as we also know smartphone reviewers only talk about updates when it serves samsung and apple right so obviously because this phone has a minor camera bug with video and aspect ratio right now that's all they're going to talk about. That's the way it's going to be forever. There are never going to be any patches or updates. We don't cover those on OnePlus or on Surfaces or on you know any right. other Android phones. And so you might as well never buy it because someone had it for two weeks under embargo before the phone was launched. And on pre-release software, that was a major problem for them. And they couldn't imagine anything else. Consumers are, are already not going to experience that on the phone when they are able to buy it. But it's a major issue, let me tell you, Sam. Right. And the, the funny thing is, breaker. and the funny thing is, I've had that argument with people like, well, you should, you know, review the software as is, right? Except if it's Apple and Samsung, because then you kind of interject that little, well, it's going to have some updates and fix that yeah. issue. But any other OEM runs to the problem. Like, oh, no, oh, you, you, you need to never, do it day one. Never, like, we don't care never, about what's going to happen ever, in a year. 
ever, 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 never, never buy a right. phone for what it might do in the future. Except, don't you know, Samsung's and Apple's get years of software support, but never, never buy on the potential. But also look at, you know, the soft uh, one UI 4.2 is going to be around the corner. But so they're always going to move the goalposts around and, and, right. and we should mock them for it because it, right now we're in we're in this serious lack of competition and picking up a Motorola, which has some very specific productivity benefits to it mm-hmm. is really refreshing. I'm so over this conversation about phones are boring. There was like another major Android blog put out another, <laughs> oh, the, the Galaxy Note 22 is so boring. And you're like, no, the Note 22 is a productivity monster. Mm. You're boring if you can't figure out things to do with it. And screw right. you for making me defend a Samsung product because right. that's. I mean, that's come awful. on now. You're making Wombat. No, it's like, I got to defend Samsung. See you? Because you're lazy okay. at your job? Come on. Right. And, and and the fact that you'd think that on a Samsung device and an Apple device, they would dig for that nuance. They would look for right. those those cracks in the armor, and yet they, they play it cheap. So you see those blogs going, ah, well, you know, it's like a problem. I go, I don't. Yeah. But but we know it's because it's, so it's easy to put in a filler, a, a filler word in a review. So whenever a reviewer holds up like an over thousand dollar phone and then says something like "and average consumers," that's that's literally nonsense. Right. Because we know there is no average metric that a majority of people are buying in at the premium tier of Android. Exactly. The Note 22 is going to be a successful phone. I'll be surprised if it cracks 3 million units over the first year of its life. For the Ultras and the Note 20 before it, it was kind of good if in the first six months it broke a million in sales. Samsung sells like 270 million phones a year. <laughs> it's just like... Right? So 0.5% <laughs> of those sales are going to be the Ultra or the Note. You have zero business ever holding up a phone over $600 and ever saying average consumer. What you're doing there is you're just putting an empty bucket in your video. You have zero insight and you've just put a vessel there and the viewer is going to put their use in that bucket. They think, oh, I'm in total agreement with this reviewer. They said this kind of common use, and that's what I use my phone for. So this re- this reviewer is validating my experience. It's right. total filler. It's it's a terrible marketing psychology trick. Um, but they actually haven't delivered anything insightful. And every time I see an average consumer review of one of these premium tier products, I find it telling that we see very little about how the reviewer is really using that product. I get slams all the time. I'll show you how I edit my podcasts on phones, how mm-hmm. I edit 4K videos on my phones, how I'm using Lightroom replacements to edit raw photos on my phones because I genuinely do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling people a, a vast majority of what I can do, you can still do on like a Pixel 4a. It's just going to take you longer. Right. <laughs> you know? It's all about like, time, right? It's remember, it's like, remember, everywhere is walking distance. You just get, you know, how, how much is going to, how long is it going to take you? I was literally just no going to say, you can get to anywhere on a bicycle. Right. But no, walking's even funnier. Right. Like, everywhere is walking distance if you got the time. That's what my bet. When you say um, it takes longer, it doesn't take that much longer. Right. Oh, and the can. fact that you can even do it. 
no, no. I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean the, the thing is, I'm, I'm going out of my way to make a very specific case where if I'm holding up a $1,000 phone, I expect to get $2,000 worth of laptop use out of it and $3,000 worth of camera use out of it. And I'm making money on that purchase. I take pro seriously because I'm genuinely trying to rely on these products for professional uses. So it matters to me if I'm trying to render a 4K video and my pixel might take you know, three minutes per minute of edited footage. And, you know, a Note 22 or this new Motorola will take 39 seconds per minute of edited yeah. footage. That matters to me. If you're editing your family vacation video so that you can share it with your grandmother, oh, yeah. that time disparity matters to you not at all. Right. But you're not trying to make money and you're not trying to um, create content for a professional endeavor in that regard. And that's, that's really the kind of conversation we should be having. I'm so tired of like phone only meaning I watch TikToks on it and I shoot some point and shoot auto HDR photos by only touching the shutter button and I don't even focus on my subject because only tech reviewers use their phones that way. Like right. average people will occasionally edit up a video if they use services like TikTok. They'll slap a filter or edit a photo when they oh, upload to Instagram. Sure. Yeah. And they're not sitting here just pushing the button once, like watch someone take a photo of their lunch. It takes like six or seven photos for them to get the keeper that they want to use. So the consumers are way more selective right. than reviewers are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Like it's 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 like we're not even speaking the same language when right. we're talking. I don't think about reviewers that is the right word for some of these people. Right. Well, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm definitely, I'm I'm definitely using it as a pejorative, and right. and and yeah. this is why I feel like this conversation requires so much more nuance, because I think a lot of consumers are buying the wrong solution for their needs. I mean, right. you'd be pissed off if your clothes with your clothes if you constantly bought the wrong size. Right. And I think people are going into these things like, well, Samsung said this was the best phone and they get an S22 and you're like, the battery life is garbage. Why were people saying nice things about the S22? Oh, they did all their reviews on the S22 Ultra and Samsung kind of just mashed all of the advertising between all of the S22s and the Exynos versus the Snapdragon versions. And it's all the same aspirational nonsense. But if you really got an S22, you got kind of a garbage phone. And if you got a Note 22, you got a productivity monster, and that consumer really needed to buy an A53. That would have been the perfect fit for their needs. But they wanted to get something nice, and they listened to some wacky thumbnail guy on YouTube, and now they've got the wrong fit for their needs, but they already got the bestest Android. You know what? For a next phone, I'm just going to switch to an iPhone. It's just so much easier. Right, and, and the, then, and the funny then we thing, lose the hearts and minds. Right, and the funny thing is, if you look at the commercials, you only see the the Note twenty two. You don't ever see the. They don't even allude to the well, fact that there's a plus and a, a standard model. They or, don't or even allude to it. Or a Z Flip and a Z Fold, because right. that's where average consumers are going. Are to two thousand dollar folding mini tablets that turn into awkward phones. Right. <sighs> Yeah, it, it's so, and and the, and then and then and then I said, and I'm not going to mention the name of the reviewer who said it, and I wouldn't call him a reviewer <sighs> at this point. We're talking about the the Duo Two is yeah. worse than the original Duo. I'm like, how can you, as a user of that device, make that as an objective statement? Uh, I mean, sorry, the only thing Sam, I would say is, eye, I was like, I heard that. Switching. I sorry. heard that, and I was like, the only thing I would say is the only thing I don't like is the little gap. 
But the actually, yes. what I do like about the gap is the fact that your thumb now can kind of get in that gap. You don't have to kind of and pick open at it. it. Yeah, you just kind of like go in your, you know. So the that's good. Better better displays, better processors, better battery, yeah. thicker display, cameras that are actually by on. To, to they're usable. Hear, yeah, they're to, good. To hear somebody sit there and go, it's worse than the duo. I just I couldn't believe it. I heard that. I was like, I paused the video. I go, I can't, I can't even with this anymore. I'm like, and and then nobody challenges them. I'm like, I wish I'm glad I don't have that gentleman on our show because the first thing out of my mouth is, how can you objectively oh, sit there and say that hardware wise that the duo two is worse than the duo yeah. one? And please expound on that statement. I, I mean, I, I definitely have a clickbaity video in me because I've I've talked about the differences. I still have both. I was originally gonna trade in my duo no. one to get a deal on the duo two and then microsoft screwed up my order so i <laughs> ran over to best buy where they had one on launch day right and so i ended up paying full price for both my duo and <laughs> my duo two yeah. so let me tell you as someone who's invested over three thousand dollars in duos <laughs> yeah um you know it, it's it's why i'm so disappointed in the tech commentary right now is because this is deserving of a conversation of nuance I genuinely prefer the no camera bulge form factor of the Duo One, I and and to your point, I mean, you know, there there are some things that you learn to handle better on the Duo Two, and being able to go from single screen back to do to two screen use is easier because of that gap. But in in no way, shape, or form is the Duo One a better productivity tablet than the duo two the duo two is more refined more powerful and better performance in every single use case that you can throw at it i just want a mini folding tablet that doesn't rock on my table when right. i put it when i put it down on my table so so again that's a conversation of nuance nuance and personal preference you know like i can express that pretty easily it just takes me a couple more sentences than a stupid clickbaity title oh, duo two is garbage the duo one it was better it's a, it's better, and you're like you're you're speaking about one hyper specific form factor issue to a device that's going to sell thousands of units, right? Maybe <laughs> ten thousand if you're lucky. You're you're not giving the prospective duo buyer very good information there if you can't scratch just a little bit deeper than right. that. And honestly, I think most people who are even in the ballpark of of using a duo or buying it wouldn't be going to this gentleman for yeah. and they're, they're not they've already made their mind like me and, th and speaking that one kind of want to leverage that into the next topic and then i want to talk more about something that you probably don't talk about very often anymore and it's Ooh. like other than the headphone jack and the sd card what yeah. are the things you missed about older lumias older htc's oh, older man. phones like i mean let's just get out. obviously i'm going to accept the present situation that the headphone jack and the sd card and the removal battery are are kind of things that you would kind of go for like that's the layup here yeah. right I, i'm going to push us back to like the free throw line or even maybe the three-point line here on what are the things that you miss about nostalgic devices other than the fact that we had more obms in the plate like what are the things that you think of boy i'd really like to see this still come back like an old retro because i still have i mean yeah. and, I, and i still love using it my old HTC oh yeah M8. i've got I've got three of those, thanks right. to the and, and Android I and the Windows phone would be versions. Like, Juan's got a drawer, <laughs> figure, literal drawer of like devices. So who else better than to discuss this than you? But I'm, yeah, I'm just curious, I, other than those things. You know, we've lost so many things along the way. I mean, it's kind of hard sort of 
it's kind of hard summing up all my feelings. Removable batteries, I think, is such a huge consumer plus um, where your phone's starting to age. Yeah, I, I, I'm having issues. I had issues with my Note 4, mm -hmm. uh, with my Note 4. Right. And I put a new battery in this last year, and this thing's still, it's still a champ. I haven't had that issue yet. Like a lot of Note 4 owners who really use their phone heavy into year three and year four, right. where like the solid state storage, the little EMMC chip would literally burn out <laughs> on you. Mine's still thankfully going strong. Um, uh, definitely removable batteries, uh, front facing speakers, because you know, mm -hmm. thank you for holding up an HTC. Um, gaming phones are still so unique for having a forehead and chin bezel. Sony phones right. are so unique for still having a little bezel space that we can dedicate to better directional audio pointing at your skull. Um, it's always super refreshing when you grab like a Xiaomi or uh, some of the BBK devices and they have things like IR blasters. Oh, yeah. I miss those. I still... So great. Why not throw that on there? Or or, or if you have a headphone jack, allow FM radio, right? So that if you're on exactly. the hunt, you could be like walking... Like I take walks around yeah. my, my subdivision, right? It'd be nice just to have the local broadcast radio, right? And have to I, carry an actual device that has radio. When actually, it's well, part of the phone device. It's like, you're already there. Why not be there, right? <laughs> well, and I've, I've had to do things like, you know, I support local uh, listener-supported radio. You oh, know, yeah, Like NPR yeah. affiliates and stuff like that. And, I mean, it's great that so many of them have now started adopting an app or a website strategy that allows right. me Streaming, to listen. yeah. But it was so nice. Like, you know, just what you're doing right now. Pop in a pair of earbuds, the cable becomes the antenna, and I didn't have to worry about a different data streaming policy was just over the air accessible and cheap. Um, there's the uh, the zombie movie from South Korea, uh, hashtag, uh, hashtag Alive, Okay, I think that's what it's called. They have this scene, so it, I mean, it's, it's in the pandemic and it's sort of a metaphor for pandemic lifestyle where it's just shortly after a massive zombie um, outbreak and people are sort of holed up in their apartments and so, you know, it feels very claustrophobic, like many of us who were uncertain about what was going on during the early days of COVID. And they're, they're putting out broadcasts. Their traditional data infrastructure has been falling apart. And so the main character is like trying to get these updates and they've been putting them out over radio. Mm -hmm. And he dumps out this box and it's nothing but like Bluetooth headsets and earbuds. And he's like, none of these will work as an antenna for my phone. I can't know what's going on in the world because I don't have headphones with the cable on them. Right. Or have like rabbit ears with little pieces of foil exactly. at the end of it. Because, you know, that was the thing. I still remember that. UHF still, like, used to be a thing, right? Oh, man. But it's still, like, it, was, it was such a great like shout out to, you know, our, our, our fixation on one kind of convenience has not replaced all of the other conveniences that we take for granted on classic audio. But you don't need me to go down that rabbit hole because i can right. keep you talking for another hour on oh that. that's okay and joe uh like what, what what's your oldest device like i i don't i know you got your pixel but like do you still have any of your older phones do you still keep them just for nostalgia like oh, seven, oh see oh so <laughs> you have to talk like i said and and so i i was curious like what 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 are the things that you miss about like the things like you know other than the, the stuff we talked about here i'm curious what your your thoughts are so i kind of miss um in the gaming world um, the actual games themselves, not being about visuals, but being about actually playing the game. Oh, yeah. Like regular game. games, not just on mobile, but like regular games, right? Regular games. Like I, I, I always think about the Atari, my dad's old Atari, 
How oh, God. Combat. combat. Dude, I was combat. Playing for hours and hours with my sister. Right. And the games don't catch me like that anymore. Well, I think I we've lost. Yeah, I, well, I think it was because remember when I and Juan and Juan and I are, are probably fairly the same age. I'm 47, so remember yeah, that. Ancient. You, yeah, you couldn't capture an arcade experience at home, right? Or you know, when you have if you had a Intellivision or if you had an Atari, you you know the only game which I thought was interesting was the ColecoVision had a Donkey Kong arcade port, and that blew people away. And that was the first time we're like, okay, because remember when you were a kid, if you wanted to play. The arcade games you had to go quarters across the cabinet and you had to go old school right you couldn't replicate that at home nowadays arcades are gone because you could always replicate that experience at home like once mortal Kombat yeah. come why go to an arcade when you can just plug it in and then now you're online nfl 2k1 was my my gateway to online playing and getting your ass kicked you know on dreamcast <laughs> my playing nfl 2k but yeah i think once we kind of we shifted it, it was it was more about the graphics of a game and not necessarily the content. And and I want to spend two hours and just playing a game and even games that are hard. I mean, yeah. that I think we've gotten to the point where it's now it's like we have to have easy mode for everything. I remember games like Solomon's Key, which were crushingly difficult. Like if yeah. you didn't do it right on right a court, and now Elder Ring, everybody's Elden Ring, everybody's complaining, but it's too hard. I'm like back in the day, every game was supposed <laughs> to be crushingly difficult. Like you weren't supposed to beat right. that in a sitting. I just I'm yeah, yeah, researching walkthroughs, trying yeah. to find out a way to game FAQs. That was in the day yeah. when you had the old ASCII text, right? The regular text about. But uh, yeah, Juan. I mean, it's like, what do you like? I, I I know I know it's hard to to recapture that, and then, of course us yeah. were exposed to that. We were in the the days of the Cold War. <laughs> For the Cold War was a thing, right? Trying to explain that to younger people. Our games like, were crushingly hard because we faced the threat of nuclear annihilation every right. day. And the Soviets and the Soviets were bad people. And they had movies that told us that they were. That's right. Right. They had Red Dawn, stuff like that. Right. So I just Rocky I find Four. It, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so I'm curious, like not just in mobile spaces, but just like in in regular old tech, right? Old gaming. Yeah. You know, it's it's. We, I think we kind of we have to sacrifice accessibility for some of the things that we. You know. I mean, because I mean, you 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 kind of hit the nail on the head, though. Where I, I feel a part of this is just the convenience of how we talk about things, being very broad and very shallow, and it doesn't take much to find some of those analogous experiences to what we had when we were younger. It just we have to be better motivated to go and look for them. They're not served right. to us because of the way that we now consume all of our content through popularity algorithms. Like, you know, I was about to bring up like, hey man, it's so funny, we used to grind on games like Contra, and then, you know, like, oh, but no, I have spent an inordinate, um, inordinate amount of time trying to get through the real true ending of Dead Cells. <laughs> and that game is awesome. It is, it is like, just, just fine wine, salt bay, chef's kiss platformer roguelite and it's punishing and it's extremely difficult and you need to be hyper precise with how you play that game and then it's got all of the lore that like kind of keeps right. you into what it is that you're trying to accomplish at the end of the game you think you like i'm going to defeat the king's guardian and then you've got like 10 more rounds of increasingly in, 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 increasing difficulty 
to get to that point. So, I mean, like Elden Ring is obviously going to be one of those high profile. On Android, you can play something like Pascal's Wager, and it's okay. a very Souls-like, you know, a, a block parry attack kind of a game, and you misstep once and you're dead. <laughs> you know, like right. it's it's cool. Um, but, you know, like for, for every Castlevania Symphony of the Night, there are also a handful of, of uh, sort of Castle Metroid clones um, that you can also experience that reward you for investing that time. I, I love showcasing the developers that do a good job of, of it's not just pixel art, you know, it's not just mm, like right. eight to 16 bit graphics and that's nostalgic, so that's fun, but it's also inventing, you know, uh, more modern gameplay um, interactions. So, like, uh, if you're really into Metroidvanias, um, like a, a game like Dundara, it's a little older. But Dandara is fantastic, and it really leans into dual analog. So it right. feels a little more like a twin-stick shooter kind of control layout, but it's got the platforming and the exploration and the backtracking of something like Castlevania. And so you start getting into boss battles, and it's a radically different kind of twitch, react, respond, attack. But it's super refreshing, especially if you're an old geezer like I am. Like that we used are, to. Yeah build up all the calluses on my you know thumbs for my nintendo thumb nintendo. was a real thing right yep. yeah fatigue so but but again that that kind of an experience isn't just going to be served to you and it's the same problem i have with people who say phones are boring you know like this stuff isn't boring you're boring <laughs> you know like you're, you. you're not trying to pull across you know trying to look you know open the shed and look what's yeah. inside of it instead of just saying oh this is a busted ass shed right this is all it's exactly. rusty you'd be surprised if you're willing to dig in some layers and get into some you know and, and but get that's into what the I'm, meat of it that's what i'm really hoping um cuz right now my gaming is very very limited mm. cuz like i i have minutes a day where right. i might be able to just sit focus on a game really enjoy that gameplay and then i'm off to doing something else right. so i'm not going to spend that time in my office where I've got this monster workstation with a great GPU and I can really get, you know, like a triple A AAA premium tier gaming experience because I'm working in this office all day. I you want need to, to kind of, out of you need to office. kind of disconnect from that. Yeah, exactly. But then if I go to the main living spaces in my home, my wife or my daughter might be using the TV. So I'm not going to get it from my consoles behind my TV. So I've been leaning on phone gaming a lot. I'm hoping that something like Steam Deck is going to help bring me back to getting more completion through my Steam library, which has been crazy neglected over right. the last three years. Yeah, really I'm hoping that, that we can find uh, repackaging of right. that PC gaming experience might might spark the interest in indie developers a little bit more. I'm sorry, Joe, I kind of rolled right over you there. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. No, that Steam Deck really appeals to me. That's something I'm interested in big time for the exact same reasons as you. Like, I don't get time really to to go on my playstation it's sitting there that's pretty dusty yeah. actually <laughs> um, yeah and i'm in a different position because my, my daughters are 21 right so i'm not yeah. even dealing with younger children you know when i was and i was <laughs> at that time when my daughter was that age uh, like lex's age and, and shorsha's mm -hmm. age it was um I was a police officer, so my time was like not only hard to find, yeah. but it, it rotated all the time. So sometimes days, sometimes evenings, had to sleep during the day. Hey, Dad, can we do this? And then there was the Wiggles, right? And then that was a whole other oh, conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. They were catchy. That's why I hated it. I had to admit, like, God, these, these songs are actually kind of catchy. I'm so happy. It. Lex has shown no interest in the Wiggles. She's all Oh, thank Bluey. God. I didn't know that was a, still a thing. And I'm I good was, with Bluey. 
right? Louis and I thought, okay, good oh, Louis rocks. We got, we got yeah, like, you know, we had like um, the Wiggles, and then as my daughter got older, it was like Big Time Rush. We kind of got that. I'm like, oh, and then of course the boy bands, and then it was like One Direction. It was like, it was like a a, a slippery slope to absolute awfulness. As I a, got as so father. lucky. I I, I mean, again, <laughs> I can't claim any any wise parenting, but I I managed to inject like alternative rock. Oh God, Lex yeah. at just oh, the right nice. age. So like for the longest time, her favorite her favorite uh, albums, her, her her favorite music were groups like. Um, Janelle Monet, OK Go, The Foo Fighters. Oh yeah. Um, she really liked the Beatles. Obviously, that's like some pretty safe, you know, kind of rock and roll to to play for her. But as now she's been getting older and she's been getting into her own things, musically her tastes are still a little more sophisticated. So hmm. you know, it might mean like mixing up an OK Go playlist with you know sort of the first couple songs from the Encanto soundtrack. Right. But it's all like eminently musical and singable and not just like nursery rhymes for kids bop or anything yeah. like that it's it's been really nice like, <laughs> I, I i can i can handle this i can sing along with encanto and then we can do you know you know in your honor from the foo fighters and then we'll come back to you know coco and you know uh, frozen 2 like th this this is okay i can do this <laughs> yeah and, so, and my and my dad told me you know he's like the beatles kind of started like they would take a, a song like for the benefit of mr kite and read a circus like poster and just yeah. put it to music and that like if you look at the lyrics they just read down a circus poster oh, for and it's sure. like hey, we're just gonna put some copy we're just gonna put some composition to it and the nuance of backtracking and vocal sampling and all those kinds of things that that groups don't really do anymore things like when i was a kid like toto like i was a big my you know I was oh big, yeah, yeah, yeah and listening to like all their their backtracking and like listening to the nuance of like listening to guitar riffing and actually solos that you wouldn't think like that's not like solo right it's like polyphia right kind of solos like <laughs> stuff that tim hansen's doing that's just like amazing sure. kind of like you know but listening to breaking down now that you can kind of take yeah. those and break those songs down into components of like they used to backtrack these songs these yeah. weren't these no, weren't uh, lex yeah lex's favorite uh beatles song for the longest time was uh, helter skelter good song like, white album is is just rife with that kind of experimentation and so then that takes her into things like um like some of some of her more requested tracks like she really likes uh i forget what color it is it's the weezer album where they did all the covers mm. so like she really likes the weezer's ver weezer's version of take on me and uh, africa Oh, aha and some Toto in there. Yeah, very nice. So, I mean, but again, what you're saying is like, I, I managed to just get lucky enough that I was introducing something a bit more complex musically, and that still carries her through today. And and when, when you do Disney, Disney now is all about like riffing off of a very modern idea of Broadway. Right. You know, Broadway has gotten a bit more expressive and experimental, you know, ever, especially ever since Lin-Manuel Miranda kind of oh, blew Hamilton. up yeah and because now he's on every single disney soundtrack very very forward and very very publicly so instead of that kind of classical stagey representation of broadway music it's it's a bit more expressive has has more regional influences and to your point is more musically complex than some of those older uh disney experiments and so again it's just refreshing that like without having to sit there and, and teach a class on music theory my six-year-old <laughs> right. daughter is naturally kind of inclined to find something that is just a little bit more dense, is, is something just a little meatier 
to chew on. Right. And also the fact that you've kind of, um, you've kind of opened that door a little bit on, on the musical variety mm-hmm. where Lex has decided, like, I'm going to go ahead and kick this door in a little bit. I'm going to oh, kick yeah, no, it wide open. She, yeah. And she's now it's, it's just, yeah. And it just like opens yeah. up this world of like, she's going into bluegrass. She's going into punk. She's going in like the Ramones. You can find little local ska. Like she, I'll tell you right now, she, introduce your kids to ska. No, no. And she watch asked them go me, like, she asked me this? to stop. I was, I was skipping through tracks. Um, I've never played it for her before, but I have like a master playlist and I was on my music while we were driving around and she asked me to stop on Rancid. Oh, I love Rancid. and you're like, Stuff. so good. You're so like, we're driving around and I, I had no idea that the, uh, the original lead singer was touring again, but apparently next month, the English beat are going to be right across oh. the street from me. And you're yeah, like, you're the, in the bathroom. That's the little golden book. I'm of there. Style. When I was a kid, it was the English beat, and there was a local St. Louis band called MU330. Was a little. Oh, local. I know MU330. Yeah, so they, actually, they were they toured. They went through Albuquerque right. when so, when I was a kid, and they they came. They all went to SLU High School, and that MU330 was the section of the the music class they all started to do this in. That's what's called <laughs> MU330. But they got like st- songs like Stuff and Who's Your Love. It's like oh my, it just you listen to that, and I and I have a local band called the uh, Boomtown United. It's a, it's a big sky. I don't think I'm I'll, a huge sky guy. Up. You, I'll yeah, tell you right yeah. now, if if I if 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 you are gonna get my little Achilles heel of music, it's ska. I can't. I, I grew I, up with it, and I love the stuff. I can't. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty hard. A hardcore two tone. I, I mean, I didn't enjoy the '90s revival ska as much. Um, no, we're talking about Mighty Mighty Boss kind of stuff. Yeah, it gets, like it's okay. But they're good. Boss are okay. I I am. I, I went in deep though on the bands that were really trying to emulate the the little the slightly more Mento and Dub um, British crossover stuff. Mm. So like I don't know if you listen to Hepcat or the Stubborn All Stars, but it was usually a little bit more down tempo, a little bit more reggae influenced, mm. um, but still with the horns. Right. That's the big separator. It's like I want that brass. I want the brass in there with something that maybe has some punk elements to it. And then you would find those just really fascinating examples of like high production value and brilliant producing. Um, Like Elvis Costello doing the first specials album is Mm, good stuff. Way better than an old British rude boy band probably should have had. (laughs) And that, that album is awesome i mean it, it's just like it's such a high watermark for a genre of music that a lot of people use as the punchline to a joke um th- those types of elements like again if you've never listened to hepcat or stubborn all-stars selector king hammond um, desmond decker i mean that stuff is just it's so good it, yeah. it's just golden so if you like the horns and you like a little bit more of a punk kind of metal thing you have the, the urge that's another st louis oh Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and, even and, even yeah, even to their appearance on a, what was it, the Titan? Yeah, a Titan, Titan AE. AE. Titan e. Yeah, my time they had to they fly. had the 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 theme on that. It's my turn. Yeah, to fly. They, they actually the funny the guy Steve Ewing, who's the lead singer, has a hot dog shop in St. Louis. Now he's kind of like, no and he still way. does. Oh yeah, and it's called Steve's Hot Dogs, and it's legit. And he's got a bunch of star. You went if you if you came to St. Dude. Louis, Juan, the first place we're going is Steve's. Because they got yes. all the Star Wars oh, stuff, there. and Steve was always in the shop. So I've actually got a picture of me at Steve viewing, and my daughter, I, I, which is like it would 14. be impossible was, for uh, can 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 I swear on your podcast? Absolutely, it's, it's explicit okay. as fuck. It would be impossible for me to not go up to the counter on that and just be like, "Last night was a 
bitch for me. And to see if anyone see catches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like. <sighs> this asshole. Yeah. Really? <laughs> and, and, like, every single time that, that intro line kicks on, because I've, I've got that in one of my playlists, every single time I get goosebumps, because it's impossible not to scream along. Last night was a bitch for me. Yeah, you need to get some of their older stuff. Like, I have some live <sighs> stuff I should probably get you. And it's, I, it's, it's, it's incredible. Some of their old, like when they were at Webster Groves, like early, bring it. like on tape kind of stuff. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's credit. It's incredible. So the funny thing is a quick segue. Joe was saying, what did you have for dinner today, Joe? What was for, what was dinner in, 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 in the UK, by the way, just so you know. I had a takeaway. I know you don't takeaway. takeaway. We'll get, go ahead. <laughs> I had a deep pan pizza. Mm -hmm. What oh, else beautiful. did you, what, what else did you add with the deep pan pizza, Joe? I had a side of um, some chicken wings. Uh-huh. I had some nice. jalapeno cream cheese poppers. Right. Excellent. Nice. Good, good. Some free garlic bread come with it, it standard. My question is why that does not sound very British to me. It's very, very dominosy to me. Wow. It's like poppers. I'm like, oh man, come on now. If I told you I, the toppings, I... it gets even worse. <laughs> One was tandoori chicken. Oh. One was Mexican. I was gonna say, pot. did you smother it in brown sauce? What 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 is like <laughs> No, that, so Sam, I know you've got this like this 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 like uh, regional specificity on like pizza and stuff. I I have being being of the Hispanic persuasion myself, oh. I've always appreciated that our food is often one of the infiltrators right. in getting people to experience what our culture really represents. You know, right. like we, we like can the, sneak it's the in gateway. the gateway exactly. We 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 can very subtly sneak in with some some good unique cuisine. And then, like before you know it, you know you're you're listening to Tejano, and your 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 dancing skills have improved tremendously. Right. And you know, I, I feel like that is lifestyle. I've always appreciated that. Oh, you know, like I would feel someone who appreciates the the many varieties of excellent pizza would oh, would all would good, love man. to see our our British neighbors getting access to better food. I'm just glad the fact that it was available. And although I did ask him, he said he would call it a takeaway. I said, did you actually go and, and pick it up and bring it home? He's like, no, it was delivery. I said, well, it's delivery. If it's a takeaway, you're taking it away. We call it yeah. carry out. It's, but it's, okay. it's not, it's not DiGiorno. It's delivery. Right. Exactly. So. And, and, when, and I'll tell you, was, I, the, um, the I'll tell you this much. Driver took it out. When it comes to food, Juan, and I, I agree with you. I finally got it. They took it away right. and yeah. brought it to me. So yeah, again, it, it just took a little bit, of, a little, a little bit more of a mental explanation, and right. the you didn't take it second. away, but it was taken away. Taken so away. I guess that counts. Yeah. Is that it's what fine. we're doing? The reason we had this deep pan, so we went to a wedding last night, so we're, mm -hmm. we're both pretty hungover today. <laughs> it's like nine o'clock at night in the UK. You're still hungover? Is it really? No. Yeah, I've been sleeping a lot I, today. <laughs> I, I'm. I, I had again talk about how much it sucks getting old. I had two beers in a bourbon last night and woke oh. up like a hammer had just like shattered my skull. Right, Gatorade. That's the trick. Gatorade or a Pedro. I I didn't drink enough water in between. That's usually yeah. my like my hip strategy. But yeah, right. last night for us was um, um Daglas, which is just this little um it, it's a it's right next to uh cupid hot dogs in in the valley okay so one of those old 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 roadside no indoor seating patio furniture yeah out just front. pull up and go on the car yeah absolutely and and, and like oh. burger and fries kind of like five guys but but oh. so cheap 
and like we i'm so glad you know like my cousin was like hey don't don't get two orders of fries i mean like yeah but there's gonna be six of us she's like don't get two orders of fries so our food comes out in in the greasy white paper paper sacks that you're already able to see through yeah that's the way it should be the quantity of grease so it's like four or five burgers and that they're in one bag and our one order of fries is in a bag larger than all of the burgers and it's (sighs) full and we walk around the corner and you can see some dude and he's just going buck wild on this potato masher thing it's all real potato that they're oh, using yeah. for these French fries. Oh, but he's like to keep up with the demand on the fry order. He's just cranking. Yeah, he's in. He's like, boy, I wish I would have had an automated one of these things because that would be dope because this auto- this manual <laughs> shit is not getting it for me. I'm like losing but my mind, man. That dude was cut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to get you're gonna get some reps out of there for sure. Eight-hour shift. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to get paid and get ripped. Sure. So, I'm in. So, we're, we're, we're going to be trekking back out. This was like in Encino. And, and again, okay. it's one of those, like, if you hadn't known, it would have looked like one of those, like, gross little shop things that you probably wouldn't want to eat at. But this food was legit. They had, like, a little car club going in the back because it was a Saturday night and people were just showing off their hot rods and stuff. There was a band that was, like, overloading their amps. And it was just right. way too distorted and loud to hear anything. And then inside, like big old fatty double cheeseburgers and a dude just going buck wild on a huge sack of potatoes and you're like i i could i can jam with this yeah this, i, I this can is, handle this is this are, is a burger are, and fries for me i am i am amongst my people That's what I am. <laughs> exactly yeah. well so we're, we're, we're right by that time so uh we're, we're part of the purposely pixel podcast or for folks uh, yeah. for the channel you you know go check them out if you're into pixel stuff that's that's a place to go purposely pixel youtube channel go watch their stuff joe's even got some stuff on there and he he's not yep. very um he, he thinks he does a lot worse job than he does i think he actually does joe's videos are great yeah joe they're fantastic. shut up i don't like it when people talk shit about joe joe right. even joe you need joe. to shut your face because right. joe is here and he's gonna like deal with you you need to no, I, gen- I genuinely have enjoyed your videos on the channel well thanks man i appreciate it and, and then, of course, one those kinds of conversations. Tomorrow you'll have your SGGQA, I'm sure, which is at 11 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, and then it's always rebroadcast, and of course, that's always a great conversation because you're. Um, I, I I must admit, I, I will tell you that, and I said this before in the, in the other show that I used to do. Um, mm-hmm. You were one of the few people that I was I would watch and go, you know what? I, I think I could probably do this. Not obviously to the level of of your caliber i mean that but as far as like i i think i could try to do this podcast i think i can do it and it, it's That's just like always been... the mission i'm not doing anything inaccessible or fancy and right. and i i always feel we we have a problem in in any type of entertainment where gatekeepers kind of narrow our choices for us if it was cable tv back in the day there was a very limited selection on what a channel would show you you know, sci-fi channel, but then, like, you'd only see the same three old television shows in a terrible series, and they would ignore all of this other sci-fi. And and now, with YouTube and Facebook-style algorithms, there's a huge, an enormous, broad community of people putting out really insightful, really well-executed uh, content, but they're not the biggest tentpole moneymakers on YouTube. So, if you try and find one of these channels... 
you're very likely then going to get recommended someone with like 10 million subscribers. I mean, you do do this experiment right now. Go find a tech channel um, with regular videos being uploaded who have like a thousand subs. And if you click subscribe, YouTube's going to say, oh, well, if you like tech channels, you must want to watch this other person who has six other zeros at the end of their subscriber count. Right. And and that's that's not what I'm into this for. So I, I got into this during the early days of Dignation, where a laptop webcam and two douchebags sitting on a couch could be called a show. Right. And I haven't evolved that much <laughs> since then. But I feel like if, if we don't get the insight and the contributions and the conversations from a wider group of people, then our hobby dies. It's just not interesting and it's not fun if it's so narrowly focused on only a couple of people's perspectives. Absolutely. And also, I like the fact that we could bring you on here and talk not necessarily about the the tech that we can all listen to and all your content, which is fantastic, by the way, but just also ME330 and The Urge and some food and some everything else. Yeah, no, I'll trade you my collection of Hepcat uh flak files for your for your tape rips oh of, yeah uh, i've got them handy and man you, you won't believe it especially urge. if you if you like the urge i got some old school that are really make your eyebrows like a oh god <laughs> now i mean like just saying that like i'm having flashbacks to like the first time i heard jump right in and you're oh like, god oh. fantastic little little nick hexam action too little 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 311 that's another one of my favorites too so. <laughs> absolutely so um, again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for yeah, being for a sure part guys. of our our verse show. You, and man. Joe, uh, anything anything you want to, for next week? What are we gonna do? We're gonna be back. What are we gonna talk about? Oh, good question. We'll have to have a chat about that. Right, we'll have to chat about that. So we're actually How gonna try to do some actually structure. Maybe should we just should we just quit while we're ahead? We've had one on now. Yeah, we're done. Know, we got Juan. I mean, that's all you really need. We got Juan. Like, just, just um, yeah, this is our first show and <laughs> well, really our last let, show. So thank you. Yeah. Let, let, let me just let me just throw out. Um, I would be happy to also run the invites, though I don't think you would need me to. You got to oh, get Barry. Oh you, yeah, Barry you, Johnson. You chat with oh, Barry yeah. all the time. I got Gigi, you Barry. Rachel, which of course I spent an entire pod, an entire show calling her Rachel. Yeah, that, oh. that's embarrassing on your part. Oh, yeah, but and I'm I sure... wasn't going to cut that at all. I was running with that. I was like, oh, well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure a, another appearance where you could apologize for that would be fun podcasting commentary. Obviously, TK. Yeah, I've already reached oh, out to TK, but I just yeah. I want to do it outside of the uh, regular channels because I just don't think that's appropriate to to blast your show with, hey, by the way, I've got a show. It's like, yeah, it's a little self-serving and undecent. No, so here's, here's, here's the deal, though. When you're talking to, especially guys like me, um, <laughs> I am I am happy to bend over backwards to to try and join these kinds of conversations because like I literally wouldn't have the career I had today if I wasn't um, sort of in some of the same social circles as Jeff Kanata way right. back in the day and like literally the movie review show that we were producing over ten years ago now um, like our our subscribership and our viewership added another zero. Just because he threw out a tweet saying like, hey, I think these guys are doing a fun movie review show. Mm. And it was awesome. Like we were able to have him on our show. And later he was doing a whole bunch of work in voiceover. And I was doing voiceover casting. And we were able to kind of like bounce off of each other for a little while. And you know, like I'm still a huge fan of all of the stuff that he does. Like DLC and, and uh, his, um, his Dungeons and Dragons podcast that now I can't remember what it's called. But, you know, the, the only thing that makes sense to me is, is living in a world where those kinds of conversations, I can pay it forward. Because, like, literally those kinds of interactions made 
the career that I have today. And, and it's similar, like if, if you're reaching out to people and you're showing that you're taking these kinds of conversations seriously, we get lit up about this. Mm. I get real anxious when someone's like, yeah, I totally want to do all these things. And they talk a whole bunch, but then they never do anything. You see right. a lot of that in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Um, so literally just the fact that you're, 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 you're putting yourselves back out there again and you're taking, you're, you're taking the time and the energy and, and the, the resources. Like you said you were going to be here. You were not only on time. You had the stream up early. We had a really fun conversation. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. I don't, I don't care where that conversation is. The fact that I'm having that conversation is what matters. And again, like I said, we appreciate all your time because we realize that, yeah, time is is money, and you, you're spending <laughs> it's spending a Sunday with us when you were not with your family. Totally cool. I, I mean, the invoice is already in your inbox. So, Absolutely. You know, well, I work. I, we're on yeah, net thirty. Just however you want to get that back to me. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and do uh, one. I'm going to do one percent net ten because I want the discount. I'm going to get paid early. <laughs> I you're talking invoices. I'm my jam we can in my personal numbers. life. Yeah, Hold exactly. Hold on, uh, let, let me let me put on my old school talent agent cap, and then we'll have an obnoxious conversation about fulfilling contractual ob obligations. Absolutely. So that's going to be all the show. We'll be back next Sunday. It'll probably just me and Joe. If not, we'll have a guest on. And who knows? But again, thank you so much for watching. Check out his podcast, the SGGQA podcast, and also his uh, channel is also his website, somegadgetguy.com. Yeah. Check that out. Good stuff. Lots of great reads. Not necessarily videos, but you got to read. And that's a thing. So you should check that out. There's a lot of good content. So for myself, for Joe, for Juan Carlos Bagnell, thank you for attending and listening to our podcast, The Nomad Tech Project. We'll be back next Sunday. And we will go ahead and try to do more fun content on the flip side. Love you guys. Take care. See you next Sunday. Bye-bye, everybody.